The Say Something Podcast is brought to you by a momentwithmorris.com and blackblueprints.com. That's blackblueprints with a Z.com. I am Jermaine Morris here with the one and only Mr. Barry Axius. Yes, sir. We are bringing you the newest episode of the Say Something Podcast. Say something, say something, say something. That's right. Say something, Jermaine Morris and Barry Axius, where we bring you everything that's going on in the life, in the traffic, out here in these streets. Heavy's cold, cold, <laughs> cold, cold streets. Yeah, yeah. Better get your jacket on. Yep. Love songs for the cuffing season. Wow, no doubt. <laughs> we're bringing you episode number 91 booyah now one and as always we all like to uh celebrate life celebration of life highlight certain individuals who've done something for the culture done something put their stamp put their mark just have been significant that i think that it's important that we uh show a little attention to a moment of black excellence with jermaine morris now this person's still with us but uh and has Thank been with and has been with us you. for a while. Yes, good. Has, has been with us for a while. I and, love the and, live ones. And so uh why it's important is is for what this individual has lived through. So when we talk about perseverance and we talk about, you know, a lot of us get caught up in our day-to-day life and we think that this is the end of the world, or we think that the situation that we're in right now is just it. This person lived through something horrific. And something that should have shook the nation, but didn't. And they're really on a campaign to to really make it known and really make a mark about it right now. This individual went through the ordeal that happened May 31st to June 1st in 1921. I said long in the tooth Mm. where 35 or 35 city block business district was burned to the ground where the numbers of over 300 documented were killed. But recently, uh, it looks like an apparent mass grave was found and discovered that there may be even more uncounted for bodies. That stems from a situation where allegedly a, a young black man at the age of 19 named uh, Dick Rowland allegedly assaulted a white woman, 17-year-old, in an elevator, which then came back to be found untrue and the charges were dropped. This then sparked... a a horrific ordeal which took a prominent black community with over 300 black businesses that were all burned to the ground that people's homes were were looted and then burned to the ground and anyone who resisted and didn't just willfully give up all of their possessions and their valuables was, was set to be executed by the folks of the neighboring town this with the complicit behavior of the police department and even the oklahoma national guard And so this individual is involved now getting together with uh, some attorneys to put a a lawsuit together against the state and against the government for allowing this atrocity to happen in the first place, to being complicit with what went on and for there never being any recovery for the people that were there, for the families, for all the property, for all the values, valuables that were lost. Uh, This individual is 105 years old. Whoa, whoa, yikes. And so we talk about things that have happened and we say so long ago and we say things like, well, there's nobody that's still alive that when that happened, well, there is. And we're talking about the area that we refer to now is uh, Black Wall Street of the series, the part of, of Tulsa. So shout out one time to this person because they've been going through so much. They said they never let it go still having issues, still dealing with trauma, still dealing with the pain and still feeling like there's never been any type of resolution or true acknowledgement to make them and the people affected whole. So this moment dedicated to Lessie Benningfield Randall, 105 years old, fighting for the truth, fighting for resolution, fighting for the folks that was lost and the families that were affected. Beautiful. Yeah, we always talk. Everybody likes to say it was that long ago and it was that long. This person lived through it and is still here and still lives through those atrocities every day. Still building, still grinding. Yeah. Yeah. And so we talk about the 60s. You know, we talk about dogs getting sick on folks in the 60s and and stuff happened in the 50s and the 40s. This happened. 1921. Yeah. 
you know, and this person all those years later still remembers the house is being burned down, the people screaming, the gunshots going off, watching everything that they knew. The only building, the only black owned building that was left standing was the Vernon AME Church. So out, out of all the buildings, all the stuff that was going on, the only black owned building that was still left standing was was one church. And to just imagine to live in your life, your neighborhood, your community, you know, where your mom, where your dad works, where your cousins live, where and just walking out and it looking like World War Three looked like Hiroshima after the bomb was dropped. Just everything gone. People dead. Everything you knew just wiped away. And so, you know, we got I, I think it's important to throw energy and support to that lawsuit that they're pushing yes, and, sir. And, and what it looks like in its entirety. And then remember that that the fight continues. It does. You know, <laughs> folks was talking about now, you know, we, we we last time we left you, we wasn't sure who was going to pull it out. Ah, man. There was Sleepy Joe or, or, or uh, Dementia Joe, man. You say sleepy. <laughs> I say Dementia Joe, man. Weekend at Bernie's. And the here 40, we are. The 46th president of these here United States. Young Dimension <laughs> Joe. Biden. Brother, let's celebrate. And Miss Harris, <laughs> the queen of the lockup. Yes. Yeah. We are uh, here. Young well, Donald, um, a.k.a. the Mango Man, a.k.a. Uh, Mr. 45, the a.k.a. the pea grabber. He's not too happy. We're here. Fighting it. Fighting well, he's it. Fighting it heavy. He, you know, the, 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 let's get to this right. The craziest part about this whole thing, right? The reaction to the loss um, and I would also like to talk about the, the non-responsive um, reaction to the point where folks remember for the last few days was like boarding up their spots because they thought it was going to be something. Yeah, it was going to it was like it was going to be another summertime um, rendition when you had the, the, the righteous uprising with George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery and, um, you know, uh, Breonna Taylor. And mind you. Those were the, the focal points, but this was a buildup that was just exploding on our streets this summertime, yeah. and it didn't pop like that. You know what I mean? Matter of fact, there was a few moments. You know, I heard there was a stabbing in D.C. There was something that happened in Sac of the Capitol, but as far as destruction and far as like this idea of Armageddon and this idea of um, looting and rioting, folks got prepared, but it didn't happen, and I, it speaks to. Um, maybe and maybe it does happen when um, all of the Trump supporters who are in this Trumpism, they start to realize like it really like truly over. is over. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I guess because he's not conceded yet. No. And he hasn't left or he's going to uh, fight it for 70 days. He's fighting this all the way to the end. He has. He doesn't have to leave now, but he has to start preparing to leave. But I guess when he actually says I'm done, I guess the Proud Boys and the rest of these, uh, you know, uh, individuals will do whatever the hell they think they need to do, but I don't think that it moved in the way that folks thought. They predicted it to be just chaos, um, either or, right? And it didn't happen. And that speaks to, I feel, the level of um, fear and insecurity that a lot of these Trumpsters really have. Um, his base is built off of propaganda and fear uh, amongst themselves and fear uh, pushing to others because they were big rowdy and tough when it was driving through communities right mm -hmm. boldly with their flags and their music and just really creating that voter intimidation or we're here like they was going to occupy people's cities and people's communities and it was like all right well what's popping myself regardless of it if it took place and it did it i personally said to my people I don't know if you saw my little rant, a little two minute rant. I said, this ain't the time for us to go outside. If they decide to go outside and do their little tenter tantrum on um, these little Trumpsters, let them be. Allow other pale folks who are celebrating this victory of Biden and Harris in a way as if a new godlike leader has stepped in. Let them handle the business, allow them to be in these places to secure, um, you know, our cities and secure our communities. I say we as black people, we as brown people, 
we are in this together and hopefully we can kind of really feel that. And I know like some of my brothers and some of those, my Latino brothers and sisters, I know we separated on that part. I know it's, it's on. Well, actually in numbers, we would be better together because we, we follow yeah. it to a lot of the same kind of oppression, a yeah. little bit different, but a lot of it's still similar. Yeah. If, if we decide to go outside and play heroes as black people have done again in this voting atmosphere by helping Biden and Harris get in, what is it for us? And that has been my thing. Like, there's no point to go outside. There's no point for us to sit there and battle these Trumpsters because they're upset. Let them be upset. Let the people who have said to us, our lives matter, have their own white on white crime out there as well as let law enforcement that has spent so much time protecting the properties because they felt those protesters in the summertime, those those instigators, those rioters, those looters, all those bad people who are protesting against oppression and protesting to be liberated and freedom and for us to live and not have to be uh you know attacked or hunted down because of our color of our skin. Yeah. Let them have the same duty to shoot the rubber bullets, the pepper spray. Um, the batons and tear gas, whatever they have to do to hold back the forces of truly, truly evil in America that's not looked upon as evil. It's looked upon as there are just some good citizens that are just upset that their president lost, which I think is crazy because you got to look at a lot of things that are in effect, right? Okay. Still, no matter what we say, he is out of here, but 70 million people voted for that guy to stay back in. You know what I mean? And I'm going to break down those numbers about what black guys um, voted, what white women voted. We just know 70 million people said, you know what? He did a good enough job, no matter with the no. COVID chaos, no matter yeah. or even allegations. If, he, if it wasn't necessarily he did a good enough job, we just think he would also do better than the other guy. Yeah, so, 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 so there's some of them in there, too. Yeah, yeah. Mind you, the impeachment. All of the numerous things, mind you, the 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 voting, the real voting fraud, right? The real voting fraud that got him in the presidency in the first place with the help of the Russians. We had 70 million people still believe like, well, you know what? Make America great again was the slogan and was the, the thought. And it, it's, it's <laughs> ironic that this shit happens the way it is. I will warn my people, my own people, our black people, about the celebration because if I... As I sat back and I looked at it, it's just a reverse of what we had in 2008. Biden was at that particular time the VP. Now he's the president. And as black people love to do, we love to celebrate the first, the first black, the first black, the first. It, we love the first. Yeah. So we had the first black colored person. Excuse me. We had a black man, first person of color in the presidency. Yeah. And now we have a woman, a first woman of color which is a black woman and vp so we get the kudos for that we yeah. did it first but in the reality of us doing it first we lose foresight on what the mission is and i don't want black people to be comfortable and celebrate a victory because it's truly not a victory because again they're still in control of the senate and they're fighting to get more control of the house and the reality is if biden doesn't have the Senate and he loses the House, anything that we really truly want to get done is going to be a rocky road. Yeah. I mean, when you get you, I get so I do appreciate the fact that what Kamala Harris represents to folks the same way Barack Obama did. So if somebody tells me, you know, this this inspires uh, young ladies, young girls growing up to to let them know that maybe that glass ceiling that they thought was a little bit lower is now a little bit higher or you can be anything. I get that. And I get there's appreciation for it. And I, and I put that that it, it's got its place. But, yeah, just because Biden, Harris are in and Trump's, you know, got his, you know, got his notice. Um, that doesn't mean that, that that's the finish line. It doesn't mean that this is where you take your foot off the gas. And this is where you go on autopilot, because that's the history that we have when we feel like our person gets in. OK, uh, Clinton's cool. He smoked weed. He plays saxophone. He's hanging out with Arsenio. Oh, he, we, we got the guy we want. Cool. All of a sudden you get hit with the mass incarceration bills and all the nonsense. Obama. Oh, man, that's another brother from Chicago. Oh, we got the first black man in there. Oh, we cool. 
autopilot. Everybody else showing up aggressively, getting what they need. Nothing by way of policy specifically for us to get black folks out of out of current situation into a better standing. OK, Biden and Harris, first black woman. Yeah. Oh, oh, Joe, that's Obama's boy. Autopilot and all the stuff folks have been talking about building, about, you know, investing, about creating for our own future. All that, you know, we can't just fall back by the wayside. You know, and for the folks out there who are upset, this this is my view on the people who are who are who are crying foul about Trump feeling that he he lost to to some chicanery and some trickery. Uh, this lets you know where folks stand. If your thing is about well, I care about democracy and yeah. I care about meritocracy, and I I believe that the person should be in office who was voted for by the people, even using the electoral college. As, a, as that's the fair way, that's the system that we've devised. If you've got all this energy for this election, but you didn't have any energy for Bush and those hanging chads in Florida, and you, you you had no energy for that. Oh, oh, oh okay. Um, <laughs> we was we was cool on that one. We we, we have nothing to say about that one. Uh, you didn't have any energy for 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 the for the concept of trump and the alleged collusion with russia and and, and all, you have no energy you had no commentary none okay but now all of a sudden you want to count every vote count every ballot uh we need to make sure this is fair make sure okay that means you don't care about democracy or meritocracy you just care about who's the winner so you're completely or, 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 or do they just care it's a white face in the right place so they can continue this idea of privilege, even though that white face necessarily didn't benefit those on the ground because classism is a motherfucker. Well, so I mean, privilege just, is one hell of a drug. You care about who who wins as opposed to the system and structure of fairness and democracy. Yeah, like if you, if you, you, you if you're crying foul now, but you had no words for Bush, no words for Trump the first time around. And now this is the only time that you feel like the system is rigged and the Democrats. are. St- OK, then we, we are crazy, in, right. We know who you are. So let we can just go ahead. Is it is it? Listen, fam, let's look like let's really go back in time four years ago when folks were like, yo, the Russians was involved. Like they was like, y'all just poor losers. We just won and deal with it. And everything was all good in Trump land. And now the Mr. Mango, the orange agent, he's come out sobering and he did this like months before the actual end result, right? He he was already setting it up. Yeah, he's and talking about, well, if I lose, you know why. And and the, the folks are just so blindly dumb with this 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 cult kind of following that he has that they just don't even realize that they're being all had and they just buy into the bullshit it to the point where they have a 1-800 voter fraud like line and then it's like wow you're talking about fraud but yo mr from mr fraud yeah from the fraudulent one himself that's (laughs) why well that's why i go back to bush because everybody with short memory everything came down to florida the state that bush's brother was governor of and then all of a sudden, all these votes, we're not going to count them because the hole wasn't completely punched a specific way. And they called them those hanging chads because they had that tiny little piece of paper that was still partially attached to the ballot. So we're going to throw out all those votes. Wow. And 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 this is when Jeb Bush was was president, was a governor of Florida. <laughs> and 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 we just let the, we just let that one go. Let that slide. We just we, there was supposed to be a recount that I don't think anybody ever heard of. Well, because nine eleven happened after that, and uh, we just we just nine eleven happened after. But that. I'm you saying so when we talk about voters, so if we if we if you got that energy for for making sure it's just making sure it's fair, Obama wasn't an issue because it was such a landslide. There was no point, and you couldn't even make the argument that there was anything there. Like, I mean, astronomical numbers. He mopped the floor uh, with, with with that election. Now notice how this one took three days, three four days. Obama's was wrapped that night. Yeah. Like, like Obama's was wrapped by like 10 p.m. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you know what? Like, <laughs> it, it was it, such it goes, a it was it was such it was, a blowout. Such a blowout. And, and he goes to show you that Trump should have hollered at Putin and you know sent that check or just call and say, Hey, I'm gonna do this. You know, he didn't check in. So, you know, the Russians were like kind of like, eh. And his know, wife's you know, leaving him. 
That's what yeah, I hear. Wife's about, she's like free. I'm fine. That's what I hear. Like she got, get, she got to go ahead get her her uh, you know television show. Get her uh, oh, oh book. The, the book deal is a best time. Is the, is the New York Times bestseller day one. Easy, easy, day one. Bro. My my life with Mister Orange. My life with Mister <laughs> Fanta. Oh yeah, my life with the Mango Man. Uh, right. My, my life with Sunny D. Yeah. 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 All, my life with Donnie Don, the <laughs> pussy grabber, but never grab my pussy. You know oh, what I'm saying? It's oh, just yeah. kind of like the whole thing to me, it speaks to the level of ignorance, right? And and I think that it also speaks to the insecurity of a lot of Americans to allow a new regime. And a new regime is other people besides white people having control, right? And I think that white folks, a lot of them don't understand how to deal with that don't know what to do with it where on the other hand i feel like this is one set of racist ways kind of bringing back the old set of racist ways and the reason why i say it's the old the 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 the, the old way of doing things from our end not saying in historically but in our end was like having racist democrats and they keep telling us yeah, we're doing stuff for you just hold up Compared to having what was the the nuance for at least this generation, which was really the old way of doing things with Trump, basically the rhetoric. And if he's never really said too many things besides the shithole countries that are Africa and Haiti and other things that he did not speak on. And sometimes his complicitness and his silence spoke volumes. Right. His rhetoric incited individuals with their racism so it put everything to the four corners of us seeing uh this shit is really screwed up now what we have is that okay the panderers the ones that will make you feel like damn is you know you're questioning it like are they really racist but that's kind of like the, the 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 way they like to have it the way they like to have it is us believing that all things are well all things are good you don't have anything to worry about we got it all in hand and that's far from the truth that's why a lot of folks were okay with what trump was doing because at least we know the boogeyman for who the boogeyman is not the person hiding in the closet where here we are once again back to what we're used to the politics of the democrats are not for black people never been for black people as many black people want to sit there and argue the simple fact about how great obama is i've always said name me one thing that obama's done for black people black people as a collective not intersected with any other group yeah. no other group just black people and i think that you'll be hard pressed to find it now has he done something that affected and helped black people yes but it was all circulated in one group and that to me does not speak to what a black president should have done but i can't even be mad at him because guess what we didn't have a black agenda or the black agenda that was served or delivered wasn't delivered in the sense of urgency that became this election where more yeah, negroes was pushing a black agenda for these 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 this white establishment per se yeah uh everything that was pushed when a, when barack was was president was it'd be nice if was the mentality when it came for, for 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 black people? It'd be nice if you could address this. You uh, should it, maybe it, think <laughs> it, it'd be cool if you could um uh if you get the time um uh, if you find it free in your schedule if you can find it in your heart um whereas now um Biden knows that 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 there's gonna be well the talk is that there's gonna be pressure. It's gonna be interesting to see what that lean looks like pressure on him. Home. No, I'm saying from us. Like I, I said. Us? Black people. I said it's going to be interesting to see if they're he what I mean by pressure is, is that there's actually talk for something. Barack got to get into office with zero. What you going to do for us? Conversation. Happy go lucky. I said there was none. Yeah, and even with and even with Trump, it was none of us expected him to do anything for us. So there was still no pressure. Well, the pastors could say that it was running a deal and Kanye can say well, they that, was probably I, trying to run a deal. I'm talking about the real folks. Yeah, well, here's that's what I say well, about when but, you say that when I say black folks. I am afraid, again, going back to the Obama uh, administration, that you have the black elitist, right? Yeah. You know, you have Van Jones who will be a part of that collective. That will they're be crying. Crying, but one minute he was talking about how Trump has done so much. I mean, it, it's like, it's vice versa. Like, wait a minute, you just, you talked about Trump was doing something for us, and then now you're crying about him. I don't know, whatever. It's political yeah. kind of 
you know, sword play that they usually do. But what I get in, in fear of, and most of the times, this is kind of what it is. Um, even when the rappers were doing all of their um, politicking and pandering and doing whatever they did, I said, okay, though they have some great points, I really didn't look at them being authentic, whether it's Ice Cube, 50 Cent, a Little Wayne, or Kanye, because they don't truly resonate with the struggle that has become us. A lot of these people have become or been millionaires a lot longer than they were ever oppressed when they're yeah, if they were ever broke, right? All you know those guys, all those guys, you just well, with the exception of Fifty, all those guys have been have been rich for have been so, rich longer than they were poor. Yes, yeah, so, and Fifty's so, about fifty fifty, and he's yeah. getting close to that, yeah. right? You know what I mean? So we can argue that, but at the same particular time, I always say, well, how can the oppress, <laughs> uh, like, how can the rich help the oppress? When a lot of times, when I'm looking at the scale of some of the people that need to be at the table, if these rich Negroes don't have a portfolio of saying, well, here's why I'm going to be here, because with my own money, with my own uh, investment, with my own resource and access, I've done this. And then I can be like, oh, you know what? I can celebrate that. But don't come here acting as if you're in the same freaking, uh, uh, you know what I'm saying, class as me, like you deal with it the same way I do. You don't. You live in the burbs. You live in the luxury spots. You you got folks who would turn their face and, and their nose at you at one particular time, know that you are somebody that they can't really just shut off. You really don't know the struggles that we go through. So I feel like when we're creating that, I'm not saying they don't need to be involved, but I'm saying they cannot be the 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 the, the faces yeah, and they cannot the they cannot be the ones that are really elevating. Even though I'm not saying that their struggles hinder their thought process of what we do need, but I kind of gets difficult for me to really look at folks if you've already had the access right like with tyler perry um you could see the innovation and you could see kind of the grit the grind like i would love to have that guy like all right you know you're at the table because yeah if, so, yeah, if there was if there was a star that was going to go yeah if like, you, you want to talk that pull yourself by your bootstrap talk yes. yeah that's somebody got a yeah. guy that's really like done it his kind of way and and, yeah. and i think that all these other factions, it's almost like a slap in the face and it speaks to the volumes of how clearly we're not ready because I think that we're too busy truly celebrating, which I'm not saying it is not a moment to get clarity, but we're trading one slave master for the next slave master. And if you don't have that mentality to think like that, then nigga, we talk in a different language because what we're going to do is get complacent and get so excited about Miss Harris and forget Miss Harris used to be a, a a a strong authority figure in the law system and the social justice um, push that a lot of us have done well, is connected with some of the stuff that she put into place. Now she might be a component of re uh, doing some of the things that she put in place before, and some yeah. folks will say, "Well, she was in the system," but that's the problem. We expect people of color, people that look like us, or have our same ingenuity, who we think. Um, have our best interests, we expect them to go into these places to do things that are going to be for our best interests as a collective, not to keep on playing systematic games. Yeah. So the big thing about the Harris piece is that Harris was, was involved in the 90s with policies she didn't come up with, but that she executed at an incredibly high level. So a lot of the folks that she put away, uh, she didn't make the law, she didn't make the policy, she didn't do the sentencing. Her job was, was to, to round them up and create a strong enough case to lock them up. So if you want to say, OK, I look at her because she's she's efficient, she's an executor, she gets the job done. OK, that's cool. But it's going to be how much input. It, first off, does she have a different opinion? Does she mm -hmm. really want change? And if mm -hmm. she does, how much input will she have in actually moving the needle? Because if, if Sleepy Joe is still on that, like, I know what I said to get in here. But uh, my belief system is that, th that the, the criminal justice system is fine just the way it is. She's going to have to fall in line. So she and she was going to have to execute. She's going to have to run the plays that he calls. So Fact. as much as so as much as we want to sit there and say, OK, she's there and she's going to do this and do that. I think something that's very important to remember is the difference between um, representation and tokenism. Mm hmm. And so a lot of times we look at stuff where we say, oh, this is representation. Oh, this is, you know, representation is important. We need to be properly represented in these rooms. Well, if these people are not in alignment with your views, 
and they're not in alignment with your ideas and they're not in alignment with your goals. Like you could just be, we need to get a black person in the, in the room. Okay. But if they're just a black person in the room, that's tokenism facts because what they're doing, what they're like, if you watch those TV shows, there's always that one black friend, but you never see their family. Like he's always at everybody else's family. She's always at everybody else's family. They're just the black friend, but they've got no storyline that, that fits their lifestyle. Like that's just tokenism. That's not representation. And so it's important that we don't get caught up in thinking that somebody who looks like us is for us, that, that they share our goals and they share our, our, our vision facts. That, that is not just somebody who, well, she look. I got an auntie that looked like her. So she must be like my auntie. Nope. Stop she, doing it. Negroes, please. She, she is very efficient at what she puts her mind to, Kamala Harris. And I give her all the respect in the world for that. She gets a task in front of her. She gets it done. Like I said, she's just got to back the plays that he calls. So it's going to be important to see what the playbook looks like. The playbook looks like this to me. If black people don't see the opportunity right now, while all things are leaning and headed our way, they wore the Black Lives Matter shirts. They were forced to recognize systemic racism as a real thing, a, a huge uh, uh, thing that has affected us structurally, has affect us, affected us mentally. That is now a thing. It took them a long time to do that with white supremacy, but systemic racism is like, oh, dang, we got to. OK, we admit that if we sit back, just blend in, let a, a few black elitists. Um, get some cabinet positions, clap and praise that, continue to say she's a Howard girl, she's an AKA, uh, you know, Dementia Joe, he meant no harm for the 94 crime bill, though Niggles authored it, and no, though, excuse me, Niggles signed off on it. Yeah, if we I, I heard that, his speeches, he was very intentional. Yeah, he's very intentional. He's very if intentional. We, if, if, if we do this, this particular Biden's my president and all this other BS. And and I, and I love the emotion of Negroes, but I swear to God, I hate it at the same time because we get so emotionally wrapped up and we can't look objectively to anything. It's like, okay, she's my VP because my VP is black. And that's why I said it's the same thing from 08 to now. Symbolism at its finest, symbolic gestures of progress. They knew the play. He had Obama. Come on, Obama used Biden for the same reason that Biden is using Harris. Obama's like, I can't go ahead and get me another Negro. <laughs> and, and, and oh, no, have it be a, a I need Negro. the old white man. I, I need the old white man that could touch with the base that will formulate right into some results in the polls. What he looked at is like, I need a young hip. In a way that she may not be here because her dance moves is kind of whack, but yeah. in a way that she's young enough to connect. She has a strong base because remember, she's an AKA and you already know that fraternity sorority power is mega and, and uh, you know what I'm saying, nationwide in the United and United States. And she's a woman. And she's a woman that, coming off this Me Too stuff. Coming off, well, she's a woman of color coming yeah. off from the Me Too's, All that coming stuff. off from women need to have power and it was the best move to pick her outside of any other woman that everyone thought she, that he was going to pick. It was like out of left field and was like, oh, that's kind of daring. And he rolled the dice and it worked. It's the same exact play um, book from Obama. But now what we have to do as black people organize, mobilize, and set an agenda. And it does not mean that we have to love each other. And it does not mean we're going to get everything. But when I hear them talk about LGBTQ, as we talked about on our last show, and when we talk about the immigrants, that these are going to be the first two agendas aside to the coronavirus, dealing with that, it makes me very skeptic on what's going to be the future and how much okay. we're going to be put to the back. Okay, so here's here's the problem that I worry about going along with that, where it'll involve us when it pertains to using us in, in conjunction with the coronavirus, because they're talking about really trying to push and get it, get on top of this vaccine. And the argument will be that black people have such skyrocketed numbers when it pertains to COVID that I wouldn't be surprised one bit if there's a major push to start going into predominantly black areas with these vaccines and to hurry up and start getting us shot up with them as a move of to save black people. I'm trying to look out. Y'all are having issues with the COVID. So we're going to go where you live first. And we're going we're gonna to hit your areas to make sure that because I'm looking out for black people 
I'm looking out for my African-American brothers and sisters. And you're going to try to start shooting us up with this mess as in using that as, well, what did you do for black people? I singularly went after and, and made a strong force and a strong movement to get black people safe from this COVID-19. Brother. <laughs> I would not be surprised one bit if that's the platform. So well, what did you do for black people? I specifically wanted, cared about black health. So I specifically made sure that these vaccines were accessible and available and right there ready in, in heavily populated black communities. And that's my first move. Brother, stop talking to brother. Stop saying, brother, if you not right on the nail with that dog, like, because you Negroes, once again, have played right into the trap. I am not going to say that COVID-19 ain't real because it was a man made a virus. They created it. Of course, it's real. Yeah. Not going to sit there and say that people haven't died. They have just as well as they've died from other diseases, other viruses that we've had. Yeah. But they have sensationalized it in such a way. They formulated it in such a way that now we're on this fourth stage of it or whatever the hell. I don't even know what what stage we're on because we've had yeah, it. Yeah, we, we moonwalked. So we, yeah. we went back a stage. OK, well, here's what I'm saying, though. Yeah. We have we've had this since March and we're now going in to the next loop of this where December is where some folks felt OK, this is when some folks were like, I, I started getting sick. Right. Got flu season. Flu season. Yeah. You know, you got all this other stuff going on. So now we're coming back on from a, a year cycle coming to. Now, all of a sudden, we've had all these mandates of social distancing. We've had all this mandate of mask. We've had all this, you know, let's keep some food outside, the summertime and all this. And now all of a sudden, magically, we've got a uprise, an uptake. Like, how did that happen? Because what you said is, well, if we put the mask and if we go ahead and social distance, that we will be out in the clear. And what was happening was. We were doing that and the numbers decreased and things were getting back and we were able to open up. And then all of a sudden, pre-election uh, or during as the election was going, yeah, we're spiked up a thousand this. And the numbers became more increasingly higher in the times where now we have masks and we have the social distance mandating than it was when we didn't have any of these things. So well, it's like, what the hell gives? Well, there's there's the numbers that go along with this is when... Um, Inflated numbers. Let's make it clear. Well, yeah. But I, I'm... Well, let's just say the argument for. So I'm not even saying this is fact. I'm just saying like the argument for. The numbers were, were starting to flatten across the nation pre-protests. So in the, originally when there was... Everybody was, was, was staying home. And though every state didn't close, most of them did. And even the states that weren't fully regulated to close, they did have things where they, they slowed stuff down. Then we get the protests of the summer. So numbers started to go back up in certain areas. And then you had states that were like, uh, I'm a, like California, like I'm a hold off because we had so many protests here. And so our numbers were high. Protests start to subside. So the numbers start to go down. Then the problem came when it pertained to the election. So you had a brand new wave of people who left. So these are all the people who were anti-Trump, anti-Biden. I hate vaccines. I hate police. I hate uh, whatever. This whole new wave of people coming out. And then they're trying to impose their will on other folks. So you had all these thousands and thousands of people. I mean, just just Trump parades mainly. And then people who were going to battle them or to, to, to confront them across the nation. So you had all these thousands of people. And then it wasn't just people who were out. It were people who were out who were anti-masks. Mm. So you, you had a high group of po folks who were Trump supporters, who, who were conservatives, who have been anti-mask. This, this is all a sham. This is all a facade. COVID isn't real because they believed number 45. So you now had, at least during the protests in the summer, you had a lot of masks on mm -hmm. when people were coming out protesting police brutality and things. These millions of people who've been in the streets on this side have not been. So there was a huge number that spiked up leading up to the election. So if you're making an argument, okay, well, we need to get vaccine. No, you just realize that. Let, let's forget the, the, just stay it behind at home. Put the mask on. Just, just like, it's not brain science for some of these numbers. Now they have been pushing. It's, I don't believe it's coincidence that in the same week, your, your election is, is decided that all of a sudden Pfizer 
you know, with the number one uh, pharmaceutical companies uh, on the planet, all of a sudden is front runner to having a vaccine ready. I don't think that just magically happened 48 hours after they after they announced who the new president is. Boy. So, I mean, they've been sitting on that. And the issue that people have, it, it, let's just say you're if you're on the fence or not sure about vaccines, we've talked about a little bit when it pertains to etymology and ethnicity. But we have a flu flu shots that go around every mm. year. And the flu shot is roughly 40 something percent successful. So about about half the people who get a, a flu shot don't end up sick. Mm. Now that's that's te that's technology, that's research, that's uh constant data and stats that date back. We've been doing flu shots for almost a century. And you're looking at about a 40 45% success rate. And people still getting the flu. But go ahead. But so now with that so now you're going to come up with a vaccine in 90 days. 180 days. Let's just give you the whole year. You started last year at this time because that's why it's COVID-19. This is about the same time it showed up last year. You've been on it since October of 2019. And you think that you have a vaccine put together that's going to have a success rate better than that than the flu? Probably not. And you don't have enough information to say what's going to be the side effects and the potential problems and complications of a virus that has a 99% success rate. Uh. <laughs> so the, the percentage of people who will most likely be adversely affected by the vaccine will probably be greater than the number of people affected by the virus. Mm. So like really work your your way on the map. The number of people who will die to or or have severe issues to the co to COVID-19, that number will most likely be less than the number of people who are sick, complications, organ problems with side effects to the vaccine. And that's what I don't think that they really specify on, right? There's going to be side effects. And who was going to take the vaccine first? Like I said, that will be, what did I do for and, black and, people? And you just said what you said about Biden. And I think that is so important to clear that statement and understand that will be probably the first thing that he's going to do because it all was a setup from the beginning when you start hearing about the numbers and of course black people will be the ones that are affected the most because we're affected in everything the most yep. but we don't want to be the first ones i could say or for a collective we don't want to be the first ones that take the vi uh, the, the vaccination you go try that on some other guinea pig now why it got to be us you know well, what that's I mean? the problem like so we talked about before so many of us were not involved in the trials and the development that it doesn't even matter if we don't go first because you won't know until you get to us. If we're not involved in the trials and we're not involved in the development, so they don't know what will happen to us as a group, then we can go ninth. We can let everybody go ahead of us. And then when we take it, we still, still get hit. Screwed. And then that's when you find out how it affects us. Wow. I, and, and I think that that's okay. the scariest part. No, that's the scariest part about it all. And I think that for me, again, you celebrate one thing to be miserable about the other thing. And that is the simple fact that um, we still clearly have a system that um, has shown itself to be exactly what a lot of us felt it was racist and all, all always. And now we have a killer disease, a killer virus that has shown it's, it's path of destruction. And the only result to allegedly saving us all is vaccinations. And then, looking at the statistics and looking at us being, you know, the, the number one hit um, set of folks aside to the older people, um, us having to be put in that position to make a decision and them making sure that a lot of it will be almost, well, if you're not going to get this vaccination, you can't work here. You, you can't bring yeah. your schools you can't bring your kids back to school. And this is going to really be a can't test. Go to school, can't fly. Can't do That's the, the thing that I worry the most about is a fly component, right? Yeah. If, if, if When they, because, you know, it's one thing to say masks. It's another thing to have us have to go through all these checks and balances, take our shoes off and all that. Yeah. But it's another thing to now them saying you have to have proof of vaccination from COVID. And that becomes an issue. That becomes a bit greater issue to me because, Folks foolishly were putting out, um, and this is why the ignorance of people just believing everything they hear besides without researching it, it, it becomes a, a wave of ignorance without folks really looking at what was happening. Folks are saying, well, New York has already mandated it. You can't mandate nothing. You can't mandate it. You can't. 
But what you can do, you can just say, well, in order to work here and create standards, you yep. have to have A, B, and C. Yep. And once you create a standards, you're forced to make the a policy. decision. The policy. The policy. People the will sit standard. there and say, you can't, you can't run by and stick a needle in my arm. No, you can't. But the same way you can't put your kid in public school without vaccinations, <laughs> you can do it. Hello? The same yeah. way people people are like, you can't force me to wear a mask. I want it because they want to come in your restaurant. Yeah. You're right. I can't make you yeah. wear a mask. But you but, won't be in this restaurant. But you can't be served <laughs> or enter here without one. So you have a decision. I'm not forcing yeah. you down, putting the needle Do nothing. in and, and that's what the beautiful thing is. But I think it's also a failure, failure in leadership and it's a failure in um, tactics that just kind of played us. And if folks are not paying attention and going deeper into the, the outlook of all of this, how the hell do we go from saying these masks will protect us and a, a majority of us are wearing it. I know you said about the, you know, protests and different things of that nature, but you know what, bro? And in, in the, some of the white folks moving around and stuff like that, eh, yeah, a Trump, lot of Trump rallies, there were no masks. Yeah, but a lot of folks, no. I don't believe that was a climb because they were doing that even before the mandate, right? You know what I'm saying? They were doing that before even the mandate because the, the mandate happened later. There was like, okay, you know what? We messed up on the gloves. Now we have to have everybody have masks. Now we're going to open it up this way. Now we're going to open up that way. And yeah. everyone's walking around with masks at, at stores and restaurants and things of that nature. And here we are again. Economically, they're going to create this vaccine as the economic lifesaver and for those folks who are in business to own gyms fooderies and things of that nature like them taking this vaccination could cost them either their career or their livelihood or them opening up their business and that to me is a hard pill to swallow and i don't believe it's right now and so one thing so teaching it like with us as a people where if you're worried about, well, I'm just trying to be safe or I want to make sure my babies are safe or my things. Now this is really specifically towards melanated people. So if you don't identify with being black, that's really irrelevant. So I know some people are like, well, black people, I'm not black. Okay. Well, melanated folks, this is who it applies to whatever term you want to call yourself or whatever nation that your family lineage comes from a biggest, a huge component into you getting or the severity of your, your, your complication with uh, COVID or any other disease is your level of vitamin D. And melanated people, especially in the United States, are pretty much almost all of us are vitamin D deficient. And the reason being is, is that vitamin D is what we get through the sun. Well, the more melanin that's in your skin, the harder it is for the, for the, the vitamin D to penetrate through sunlight. It takes longer. We come from an area where we're in the sun all the time. So it's kind of regulated through our melanin. But here we're not out as much as we used to be. Most of us spend the bulk of our time indoors. When you take the hours that you're sleeping, you take your job and you take your activities. We don't really spend much time in the sun. And so your vitamin, most folks, I think it's almost 80 percent of black people in the United States of America are vitamin D deficient. And so vitamin D directly affects your immune system, how your organs work, how your body operates. And there's a there's a whole lot of data information showing a link between uh, severity in, in covid and vitamin D deficiency. And so when we're talking about why do black people get hit in certain areas, because most of us are vitamin D deficient. And so when we get a virus like this, we have adverse reactions. So if you're like, what do I need to do to get better? Vitamin D. Mm. So. You can either get it in supplement form or you can get it by spending way more time outside. That's why a lot of people are saying get outside and in the sun. And that helps. But for if you're the more melanated you are, you can get your vitamin D checked, get your levels checked. And if you're low, you can get supplements to get those numbers up. And that is a huge jump and a defense to things like COVID and stuff as opposed to a vaccine. Just saying. Brother. <laughs> this, this 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 is such a heavy topic and again this is not to um shed negative light for those who have lost folks yeah. in the COVID-19 struggle but also to give a perspective of where we're at our ideas you know our opinions and my opinion is I just know the beast and the demon and the enemy that we deal with and how they surface and and the propaganda the inflated numbers um, sensationalizing um, certain things and even 
um, with our governor kind of like almost blaming us for not doing what we're supposed to be doing. But this is what you said for us to do. So how are we to blame in this spike? OK, now it's we're gathering with people. Oh, all right. I mean, it, what else are you going to say? Like we said before we got on air, just say this. We don't know what the hell is going on. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We yeah. we thought the mask was going to be because we we saw when we started to have folks wearing masks that it just didn't happen. Or guess what? All y'all motherfuckers is going to get this shit. Spend 14 days. Hopefully it don't kill you and yeah. you'll be OK. But this reality that we're moving around and we're being in fear of having covid. Uh, they've never done this with AIDS. They, you know what I'm saying? They yeah. never cared about sexually transmitted diseases in this form, shape, or fashion. They never cared about cancer in this way. They still are having us buy cigarettes if we have, we, you know, they're giving us the choice. Well, yeah, well, we got cancer, but, you know, there's not industries that are being shut down, yeah. even though there's evidence that says, well, this is going to kill Alcohol you. and cigarettes on an all-time high. I'm just saying. And then, and then, and then, to, to, to just round it all off, you're not giving us any support. We had one. We had one bailout. And you had us be able to not pay rent for maybe a few months or something like that. And guess what? For those people who didn't pay rent for three to four months, that nice little bill was on your door. Like, all right, we'll pay her quick. You got about 15 days to figure this out. Yeah. Like, what what kind of help are we getting? You say that we're all in this together. I've done a lot of work. You've done a lot of work that we've been supporting our young people, supporting people in the community to whatever uh, uh, a given standard that we could kind of give for people with the less that we have to give them a lot more. The possibilities would be endless if the government would step in a way that a lot of people have stepped in giving free food, uh, um, supporting young people mentally, supporting older people's mentally, like really um, honing in on a togetherness and a collective while the government continues to try to figure out if they want to give us an extra $1,200. Like there has been no support at all. And so what do you expect people to do? People are losing their minds. People are losing their businesses. I mean, you we can't all be owners of McDonald's with drive-throughs and Taco Bells with drive-throughs and yeah. have Amazon that with deliveries and Walmarts that are considered essential. The fact that I hear some of these horror stories that there's not even hazard pay for people that work in grocery stores, right? People that are all day essential workers, even in nursing homes, they're not getting hazard pay speaks to the volume of ignorance and neglect that this whole nation has for the people so don't tell me that we're not doing the right thing no. you're not doing the right thing by protecting us and serving us in a way that lets us feel more secure that we don't have to risk our lives putting other people's lives in danger because we could sit back and say you know what i don't have to worry about rent and i don't have to pay it back because yeah. it's looking care of. Yeah, I don't have to mean, worry about some of that. Like these things aren't happening. If you were truly saying, okay, my my issue is 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 health and safety. Like my real concern is that the American people are healthy and that we can wipe out COVID. Okay, everybody stay off the streets with the exception of the essential workers, and we are going to a give all freeze all these bills that you've got and give you a pass on them. Yes, and then, freeze and, then, and pass. Not not freeze and wait for you when you get your money. No, freeze yeah. and pass. <laughs> and then give you money to still maintain with the things that you need to do, like buying groceries or, or if you need to get medication, whatever. Um, and then people would be more inclined to stay home. Like the, the, the issue is, is you want me to stay home broke and not give me an opportunity to make money. Or what was it? 40 something percent of small businesses closed this year. And now, granted, most small businesses in America are uh, have one employee at the most two is the both. So these are a lot of mom and pop uh, private owned businesses. It's just one person or it's two people. But they're still and essential. What else I'm saying? And they've been this is their livelihood. This business that they do is what they've got. And they were forced to shut down. And so many of them across the nation are just gone under because a lot of businesses were in the red. A lot of businesses take up several years to take off to make money. So if you were already in the red, getting your restaurant started, getting your 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 your, your bookstore, your diner, your coffee shop, um, whatever services you provide, you're still just getting ahead of the building that you're leasing and all the equipment that you rented. You're just trying to. And now all of a sudden you get the shutdown two, three, four, five months. That's a wrap. And you're told you don't even know when you can come back. 
You know, I know businesses that closed in March who were told, I'll see you in March. They closed in March of 2020. So they, you can open up again in March of 21. Let me it, add. Let me also add this in the righteous uprising. All the buildings and all the, the the places that were looted, all the places that were burnt down, all the places that were broken into, some of those businesses haven't even come back. Mm. And we're not even talking about the COVID effect. We're talking about the protest effect, right? Or again, you know, the situations that again, I know folks hate me saying it, but the righteous uprising, there were casualties and those were properties. And some of those properties to this day have not yet come back. And to be honest with you, why? That might have been the best bailout, <laughs> you know, because, you know, what can you really do? But in the same sense, as we go round and round with this situation, um, this COVID-19 story with this election, it's, it speaks to the, the idea that just giving us a vaccination will solve the problems of the nation. And that's totally far from not the true. truth. Not true. We have so many things that go on in the sense of like I said, I'm a firm believer in, in start where you are with what you've got. And so, you know, we got to worry about a government that may be trying to, to force our hand with with this needle or taking this pill or whatever. Uh, but we still have all the normal stuff going on. I mean, we have kids with kids with learning disabilities. You don't have access to the, to the tu tutors or the special teachers that they had before. Your kids got a, a severe learning disability. Zoom is probably very difficult for you right now, brother, as the parent who's not trained to to teach this way. Do you know how many kids we losing with Zoom right now? I'm saying, <laughs> like, yeah, because I'm, I'm teaching classes via Zoom. <laughs> I, I see how hard it is. You got to find right. all kind of hat tricks to keep brother, them engaged. Listen, I, I just, I just don't really understand what we are going to really understand that these problems that we have to fix are multi layered, and yes. this right here. Is not helping for the kids who can like for some kids who have a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of, OK, self-resilience, uh, self-motivation. Ah, oh, this is cake work. Like you're going to have kids who should have never got like, mommy. Uh, I don't ever want to go back to school. Like, I want to yeah, be able to sit in my computer and like, just do my work like yeah. they're going to be in Princeton. The, 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 the GPAs that they're going to pull off because it's like, yo, this is what I needed because right. all that stimuli was. A distraction where that stimuli was a motivation for these kids, right? Like, you know, some of these kids' homes are not sufficient enough to deal with this kind of impact for them to be daily at the crib. Like, those four, four five, eight hours gone was probably the best, not only for the fact they have some food access, they have some access with good motivation and, and other um Sibling, uh, other folks that can be peers, and stuff, peers yeah. that could act like siblings compared to the house of ruins that they have to go back to. Now they're in that mess twenty four hours, and yeah. this also shows the the lack there of care and precision and readiness our parents have. You can blame the teachers all y'all want, and I'm sure they and the the, the teachers and the the, the teachers are catching hell. Teachers definitely catching got hell. they have plenty to blame, but it also is a one sided street because we've had so many different people always talk about I can't stand the school. I want to have my teach my child be with me, and I'm gonna teach my kid with da, 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 da. like they ain't teaching our there kids right anyway. Okay, well guess what? Now it's the opportunity for us to do it our own, and we're failing miserably. Yeah, and I think that people need to understand too is that the way that people are wired to learn. Some people can just sit in and hey, open your book to chapter thirty-two and read chapter three. And they can sit there and do it and they don't have an issue like they're they, they're reading and retention is how they learn. But we have percentages of people who learn through group interaction, through dealing with people. We have folks who learn by hands on, by actually touching and doing. So there's a whole lot of kids who are now being just pushed to the side. And, and you're, it's only the group that learns one way is being addressed. So you've got a bunch of them who are like they're used to doing the group projects and interacting with the students next to them. And that energy they get with the other students is what drives them to pay attention and get work done in school. Some people feed off that energy. Well, they're now excluded. The group that you're like, OK, build this. We're going to do that. We move with your hands, turn your desk around and actually move and be hands on. Come up and write this on the board. Those people are now been X'd out. So it's really just Speaking the read and class, retention. You know I mean, oh, it's crazy. Bro. Yeah, it's just the read and retention ones. Who are the, the who are thriving? Who are like okay, just y'all just shut up and let me just just tell me what to do and I'm just gonna go ahead and do it. Those ones, like I said, will will be great coming out of this. Like, but that's like a high open book, like open book. You find the answers. Oh, it's just you know what I mean. Like yeah, I got well, I mean, there's uh, those students who've always been like, man, I, I just wish everybody would shut up and leave me alone. 
Like, I don't want to talk to everybody. I don't want to be in group projects. I just want to tell me what I need to do and let me do it. Well, so those ones, like I said, they, 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 they love in this, but we got, but like I said, we have a lot of stuff that's going on that we have to address. address. Say something to kids with education, our community, community violence is still happening. Brother, I just, before we level out, because there's so much stuff to, um, you know, pack into an hour conversation, we might go a little over time, just a little bit, but I have to speak upon the recent violence, the continued violence and the trend of rappers committing to a lifestyle and ending their own lives because of whatever energy they put out there or or just wherever they're at in their life, in their world, that another rapper by the name of King Vaughn, 26-year-old, murdered. And I'm not going to speak upon the brother and his history because from the streets, they say he was a very, very young bad man and not in a bad man in a good way, but in a tragic uh, a moment of his death uh, he was killed in an altercation where there was actually a fist fight guns came out unfortunately himself and two other brothers were um, you know, the victim of another senseless gun violence that could have been prevented I'm not going to again speak upon who he was but I'm going to speak upon what this is and what this is is craziness what this is is madness what this is is unfortunate in so many different ways where young men and young women are advancing themselves in this idea that death is more important. Reputation is more important than living and being triumphant in a moment where you have now got the lotto ticket to get your people. And he was doing so much for his people in his neighborhood to get into a higher place to level, to look at the scars and look at everything that you had to do to get to this place to where you can be an inspiration for others. His life cut short, 26 years old, a Chicago rapper by the name of King Von. It, 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 it just frustrates me because in this 2020, you've seen more rap artists from higher level to low level for just starting up dying. And I remember going back to 96 with Tupac and I remember going back to 97 with Biggie and those murders and those deaths that happened, how we took that. In our era, like that Tupac shit hurt. Not only that Tupac was a person I actually knew, but I was a super fan of Pac. And when he died, it was like, whoa. But the industry felt that same thing. It was like, whoa, we got to do better. And then turn around, whoop, Biggie Smalls dies. So we know the elevation of Tupac. And many say that the Tupac death had something to do with the Biggie death and the vice versa. But the reality is when those two iconic figures died in 96 and 97, hip hop had to look at themselves and ask a serious question. Is it worth it? And a time hip hop really started to grow up where folks were looking at we're losing a lot of money by beefing, by allowing murder and death, especially to some of our icons to be a part of the the resume be a part of like the build the solution was let's just have our things and have our moments but it doesn't have to enter in death unfortunately what we have in this new kind of hip-hop death pays the bills death continues to be in the center of hip-hop not only the music but almost in a sense that the street level rap has kind of contradicted what hip-hop was supposed to be for about unity, about building, about getting out the hood, not being stuck with the hood mentality or continue to live these hood uh, um, atrocities and these hood ideas. So now that death has become a center of the music, it's almost celebrated with the bodies that you get, that you're chasing down the ops. So no longer are we sitting here when these artists die and really pausing and thinking and say, we can't have another artist dead. Guess what? We're killing more artists, whether it's uh, uh, Pop Smoke, whether it's the young brother Briss, and now the young brother King Vaughn, the young brother FBG Duck. You have these young artists not even getting to reach the past 30 years old, just dying at a young early age. And us as in a hip hop community, not looking at it and not speaking and saying enough is enough. And this is not only violence with the rap game, but this is violence overall, because what it does is it spills into other confines and other communities. And I'm just saying 
brothers, if y'all care about leaving a legacy, don't leave a legacy in death. Leave a legacy in life. We cannot continue to celebrate and glorify these heinous acts because, brother, this ain't good for business. This ain't good for us moving forward. Yeah. All these things that are going on that we're trying to address that that we've got so many fronts that we have to defend and we need all hands on deck and we can't keep losing young brothers and sisters to gun violence and domestic violence and uh, even diseases and, and things like just poor nutrition and things like poor not, not taking care of ourselves. Like we have to become educated in a sense of what we need to how to compete and deal with the things that are happening, take care of ourselves, that we're in position to handle the things that when they come and then look at how we treat each other and say that if we're going to build, if we're going to grow, if we're going to get through these things, that we have to start looking at each other as teammates and quit seeing an enemy in the eyes of everybody who looks at it, like us. All these things that we need to address, that we need to deal with, and definitely something that we need to say something about. Jamari Morris here with the one and only Mr. Barry Axius. Where can folks find you online for more riveting conversation like this? Everything Barry Axius, Twitter, Facebook, IG is going crazy right now. Also, make sure you guys add Seriously Delicious Eats. That's my new endeavor, Seriously Delicious Eats. Um, IG and Facebook, and of course, Black Blueprints with a Z.com. I'm Jermaine Morris on Facebook. Every other social media platform is at J Morris CEO. It's been Say Something with Jermaine Morris and Barry Axius, the Say Something podcast. Look at Jermaine. You, you cut your hair, brother. I need the world to see you, brother. Like, you're uh, back to being you. Yeah, I got to, you know, I was out here. I mean, like you ain't got nowhere to go, but I mean, you're back to being you. Man, I was looking like a roadie for Lenny Kravitz. I had to, I had to. I had to clean it up. I nothing else. I got to see myself every day. I don't know. Being roadie for Lenny Kravitz, man, back in the day was probably. I was looking the situation. As I said, yeah, I'm just saying. I I, I had to tighten it up a little bit. I got to look like I care sometimes. No doubt, no doubt. And for everybody else, until next show. Yes, sir. We will holler at you later. Sure.